In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. I'm Fresh and you are now listening to The Breaks Podcast. These are highlights from our Saturday night hip-hop show on KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. My co-host Confucius Jones and I are native Austinites and we love talking hip-hop. Texas hip-hop, hip-hop history, and what's going on right now. And just so you know, the opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the position of KUTX Austin. Rocking with the breaks, I am fresh. Unfortunately, Confucius won't be here tonight. He is sick at home, so get well soon, my brother. But we have a very special guest in the building. We have KUTX's Artist of the Month in the house, Amiral Soul. Say hello to the people. Hello, hello, world. So let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. Let's get it. Just to get all the generic stuff out the way, <laughs> for those who don't know who you are or yeah. are unaware of who you are, let mm-hmm. them know who Amiral Soul is. Um, I'm Amiral Soul. I'm a neo-soul singer from Colleen, Texas originally, which is like an hour from Austin. I went out to Houston for college, and that's where I started recording music and like really became Amiral Soul. And I've been in Austin for like two years now, um, and I really just make music for people that like to feel things like... It's a it's a range of what I could talk about, but generally I'm trying to help you allow yourself to feel something. I feel it. I feel it. So you said you started recording music in Houston. Yeah. Houston being basically the mecca of, I would say, black music in Texas. Mm-hmm. How did you make the decision to go from Houston to Austin? Because most people here in Austin <laughs> make the decision to leave Austin and go to Houston. The decision was made for me. Like, I had my son. He's three now. Um, and I went back home for a little while. Mm-hmm. But I had already started doing music. And I had already had success with it in Houston. And I was just like, this city is too slow. Like, I need to be somewhere where I can perform, where I can meet people, where I can be in the studio. Like, just be active, basically. I don't like to sit still for that long. Um, and so I ended up here because, again, it was like an hour away. Right. And um, going back to Houston was feasible but like i'm more of like a go to a new territory and i wanted to prove to myself that i could go somewhere totally new and just be like i'm gonna cultivate this space and like see if people are vibing with me or if it's just like a one a one-time thing right well you definitely did that here in austin uh you had a slew of accomplishments including being kutx artist of the month i know you were austin 360s artist Mm -hmm. of the month as well yes so uh congrats on all of that thank you um with being in austin you said the last two years Mm-hmm. Do you feel like being in Austin and it being the live music capital has made you a better performer? Because a lot of times I hear a lot of artists say they make songs to they make songs and perform them when they record them the way they would if they were performing it, and or they write a song with it in the frame of mind of 
how this will sound when they perform it. So do you mm-hmm. feel like, one, do you do that? And two, do you feel like being in Austin has made you a better performer? I feel like being in Austin has definitely added to that. I will say I started out, you know, in the performance aspect of things, because when you're in choir, everything is about practicing to perform. Right. You're not even writing the songs, like you're learning songs to perform them. So that was always my mentality. It was like getting ready to perform, making sure that whatever I'm singing is going to sound like that when I'm on stage. So I always write from like, if I can't sing it right now to record it, I'm not going to be able to sing it on stage. So I definitely, I'm not going to write anything that I can't, you know, continuously do. Um, but I do feel like being here has showed me the different, types of performances you can have and different audiences you can have and ways you can interact and just like engagement i've learned more about audience engagement and really just curating my own energy not trying to be anything i'm not um and not trying to hold back who i am at the same time like that's been really helpful to me i totally agree being a band kid i definitely understand about like performance and learning something to perform it before mm-hmm. just getting on up there and performing something i have to ask with you being you describe yourself as a neo soul artist. Yes. Do you feel like neo soul is dead or kind of like not where it once was when the, I guess the genre first came about or was first like announced? I feel like the bounds are kind of being pushed with a lot of genres right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like agree. we're all really uh, eclectic listeners. I feel like the people that are creating, like us, I mean, people that are creating right now in our generation, um, we've grown up in all these different spaces. Like whether it was what our parents were listening or what we were listening to with our friends, having different friend groups and listening to different things. And we drew from all of that. So I feel like in a way, all of it's kind of like, bleeding into each other which i'm cool with i'm not one of those people that's super big on like having to stay within a certain you know area to be in a genre that's confining in my opinion <laughs> what inspires the your what inspires your particular sound of mm-hmm. neo soul r&b um i would say the people i was listening to um before i started writing because i started singing when i was nine i started singing because i was in choir and i stayed in choir all the way through college like the whole time i was in like different choirs so vocal jazz being in like acapella and vocal jazz choirs has a huge influence on like the layers i put in my music just because we were building the songs with just our voices we didn't have instruments at that point um and then like being in a choir as far as like classical music really helped me with like diction and the way that I'm speaking because I I am pretty like I I would say like I articulate quite a bit like I'm wordy I know that (laughs) it's great for an interview it's great for an interview yeah so I feel like that plays a role in it and then just who I was listening to so like Erica Badu, Lauryn Hill, Bob Marley but I also grew up like like with country music there was everything around me like i listened to rock on my own so it's just like there were so many things i was listening to so that's why i'm not afraid to put live instrumentation in a song and i might like rap right before that guitar just came in really rock like esque but you know it all works (laughs) it definitely does so being from colleen Mm -hmm. and working here in austin and have worked in houston what do you feel like the subtle or major differences are between the three the three places colleen i feel like will cultivate you to figure out what it is that you like because it's a slower moving city mm-hmm. like you really have to be into something and you're just gonna be bored and getting into trouble <laughs> and so like for me that was not an option uh so i really got into music and i knew that's what i enjoyed doing what i wanted to do uh, and getting bored with the slowness was what made me end up 
essentially graduating a year early just to be like, I'm going to go to a big city where I can do music because this is not it. Yeah. Like I didn't even know where to go with it there. Like I was just like, I'm okay. Choir's cool. I want to do something else. Like I want to get in a studio. And so like, that's what made me go to Houston when I was 17. I will say in Houston, it's a lot more about like who, you know, even just to end up like in spaces like this, being the artist of the month, being on the radio. um, I feel like you have to like shake the right hands first before you can even get on a stage get in front of like a microphone and have an interview here i feel like everyone in austin is like really it's like i call it a fertile audience because i feel like people are looking for new music like they're looking for new sounds like they really like live shows they really just want to come hear what you have to offer whether they end up liking it or not like they are willing to listen and like hear you out and it's like the audience is really unpredictable here. Like, you never know who's going to be in the audience, who you're going to get. But, like, generally, I feel like everyone is really honest about, like, they're they're open to it. They want to hear what you have to say, and they're going to let you know if they liked it. So I really appreciate that. In Houston, I feel like it was kind of reversed. I had to, like, get to know people who could put me on the stages just to get an audience in front of me. So those are the main differences to me. But, uh, I mean, I still perform in Houston. I feel like Houston is kind of getting to that point now. I feel like the music scene there is opening up more and people are more just like, show me something I haven't heard as opposed to like, if you're not better than my favorite artist right now, then like, why are you here? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It being February 1st, Mm -hmm. and that kicks off my favorite time of the year, Black History Month. Yes. Do you feel like Black History Month is important i know that's a non-music question but no i like stuff like this i feel like it's definitely important but i also feel like it's also a little bit frustrating to me at times because i feel like it shouldn't be a month i feel like it should just be like adding a fuel to something that needs to become long term and like forever (laughs) i was trying to think of like witty captions earlier when i was posting (laughs) on my story um and I just ended up putting Black Love because I was going to be like Black History Year. But then I'm like, no, it shouldn't be a year either. It should just be like ongoing. I, I just say Black History 365. That's so. perfect. <laughs> That's just, what it should be. It's something you should be doing all year. I yeah. understand I understand why it's celebrated in February. Yeah. But it should be something that regardless you celebrate your history, heritage, culture all year long especially us right and that's one thing i'm trying to get better about too is encouraging the people around me and like friends all of us to just like celebrate our wins more that's my 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 life celebrate life celebrate every win even the small ones yep all right so you're playing love lockdown yes have to talk about it okay (laughs) what are you most excited about the show i love valentine's day i've had a few rough valentine's days the last few years (laughs) um but i really love valentine's day since i was a kid like that was one of my favorite i guess hallmark holidays like one of the ones (laughs) that they really just created um but i like it because it's just like you get to make people feel good it's all about sweets and being sweet and surprises and like i love that flowers like all that so i'm excited that it's gonna be like the kickoff to that yes. i'm excited because i'm hoping i can create some vibes for some people in the audience they're gonna be booed up you know like maybe there's some singles in the I audience be, i will be one of those booed up i'm trying to be hitch i'm trying to get people <laughs> together <laughs> so i'm excited about that and uh i just love performing like any opportunity to be on stage i'm there i'm with it i'm ready it's like an opportunity to connect with people right. and to just be like what I feel like is my highest self. So 
I'm definitely looking forward to that. And the lineup is crazy. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, with the Grammys just passing, and last week we did an entire show about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, the creator, won Best Rap Album mm-hmm. for um, his album. And a lot of people didn't agree with it. A lot of people said it wasn't a rap album. Tyler, at the end of the Grammys, felt like, he said that him winning at the award was kind of a backhanded compliment, that he knew it wasn't a rap album. He put, he purposely did not make a rap album, and yeah. yet it was described as a rap album. He kind of felt like he was happy to win, but it wasn't really, it shouldn't have won in that category, basically. Yeah. And the Grammys had this whole scandal about how um, they really used the Grammy. The Grammy boy basically uses the Grammys to uplift male white artists and surprise. they discriminate against <laughs> yeah surprise surprise and they you and they discriminate against black artists basically yeah black artists and women so you being an artist mm-hmm. like how do you feel about the grammys would you go to the grammys would you accept the grammy like how would you i would definitely go in? to the grammys um and i would accept a grammy because i feel like since being a kid like that's something that i've always just seen as like an accolade i want to reach it's not something that if i don't reach i would feel like i was any less of an artist or like my music was not you know uh reaching the right people because i feel like it's going to reach right people regardless but i do think this is a topic we talked about in undergrad i went to a hbcu i went to texas southern i I went to preview but look it's all love on my end i'll do the rivalry i got friends both But um, that was a topic. We actually talked about that. And um, we basically were saying that we need to make our own award shows. Like, the only way that we can combat that is to make our own award shows that are actually going to hold the standard that's not biased. Um, And so, like, yeah, I would accept a Grammy and I would go to the Grammys. But I'm also not going to let, like my pride or like my the integrity of my music depend on if i get a grammy or not and i also am going to continue to push create community with other artists to where we can determine um like what awards are we getting who's on this committee who's on the board how are we determining who gets the award and also how are we determining the genres like the artist should have to say in what genre they're being put into that's like whenever beyonce had like songs that were in multiple different genres Mm -hmm. and people were upset about that but it's like they were different <laughs> genres. Like, what do you want to do about that? So I do think that there is some bias there. And um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, not condone someone going to the Grammys or, like, accepting a Grammy because I don't feel like I want to take that from them. But yeah. I also understand the frustration there, too. I get it. I, that's more or less my sentiment as well. Yeah. <laughs> Off mic, we were talking about the Austin Music Awards and yes. your feelings toward it. Yes. So... Do you feel like expressing those sure, feelings now? Sure, you know I'm expressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I basically had questions. Anyone who follows me on Twitter probably saw that like right after the ballots were released. Mm-hmm. And I had friends on the ballots, so it was not like a shade thing. It was more just like general curiosity. I was just kind of like who decides, right. you know, who is on the polls or who's on the ballots. And a lot of people responded to me on Twitter, which I was not expecting. Um, one of which was like DJ Haleyella, and I think he had explained that there was a committee. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really dig any deeper beyond that. I was kind of like, well, who's on the committee? And I just kind of left it at that. And some of my other artist friends, you know, were liking it and like, I feel the same way, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so when we were talking about it, you had explained to me how the committee worked, which right. makes sense. Um, I will say my only feelings on that is like, there's so many artists. So it's just like 
the I feel like it can be hard. Like like we were saying, it can create like in a way an unfair advantage yes. if there's like familiar names, and then like like recognition stuff like that. But then also having to have several people name you. So like you know you might be on someone's radar. You might be their genre of music. You might be their right. cup of tea, and someone else it might not be that. So it's just kind of hard to determine that. And then we were also talking about artists determining their own genre. So right. I feel like that also plays a role in that um and maybe it's even just like giving more information like having links for these people too so like we're having like educated voting just like we're voting for anything else like that way if i haven't heard of you i can find out about you and i'm actually voting for who i know right I think, <laughs> and what i like i think that's probably the biggest thing that could help in the in this new style of voting for the austin music awards is like links or yeah. education i feel like another thing with that is like we maybe like siphoning out like creating more opportunity if you're seeing like people over and over again or people in multiple categories right. kind of like creating more diversity within the, like the people that are there but it's just me let's all network so we can yeah. all meet each other too like put us in the same room so artists and whoever's on the committee we can meet and like get to know each other right that way you know what we're looking for we know what you're looking for and we know how to even get on the ballot like i definitely <laughs> i definitely definitely agree because even somebody that tries to push artists and i hate this word in the urban scene yeah like it's hard to know what people are looking for and what exactly they want to hear like what sound are you looking for like what type of artist are you looking for what yeah. type of music are you looking for from these artists for you to get on board with everybody else. What qualifies it as this? Right. What's going to make me in a different genre than that? Like, yeah. When am I not new anymore? Like, so exactly. say if I end up on the next ballot as the new vocalist, am I a new vocalist though? When y'all, I've been being talked about for two years. Am I a new vocalist? <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to decipher. Yeah, it, it really is. It is. I'll take it though. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so it's 2020. So what can we, the people expect from Amiro Soul in 2020? Lots of new sounds and new energy. Um, we're definitely celebrating the one-year anniversary of Soul Soliloquies in March with a ton of visuals and new merch, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm also working on new music right now with people from Austin because I had been working a lot in Houston still. Right. So my sound is, like, you know, in flux. Nothing's changing, like, major, but I'm just, like, stepping out and trying new things, and um, I'm really excited about that. And a lot more collaborations, for sure, with other artists and other creatives. And I feel like just more growth. We're growing together. We're creating community. Like, I'm definitely, I was talking about that with you mm -hmm. and Cam earlier, just, like, volunteering more, being more around the city, not just for when I'm on stage, right. but, like, being active and really sowing the seeds for the things that I talk about in my music in a very hands-on way. So a lot more of that I'll be posting about how people can join me. Look <laughs> forward to it. So uh, let everybody know where they can follow you and what you have coming up. Yes. Um, I will be at Stubbs and Door February 13th for Love Lockdown. It's going to be a really great lineup. Definitely be there. Uh, tickets, I believe, are $10. And I have the link on my website. So you can go to my Instagram, which is a Meryl Soul. That's E-I-M-A-R-A-L-S-O-L. Um, and that's also my streaming. So wherever you listen, Ameril Soul, same thing. You can find me there. And you can also get tickets. You can head over to KUTX.org slash presents. And all information about the show is there as well. It has been lovely to have you, Ameril. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being available to come up.
Yeah. And thank you for talking. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I love to talk. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all will see her February 13th at Stubbs for Love Lockdown. Make sure to be there. All the lovers. This week for Local Song of the Week, we have Jay Wild with his song, Numb. Jay Wild is steadily becoming one of the prominent voices in Austin's burgeoning R&B scene. You can see Jay Wild live at Stubbs. On February 13th for the KUTX The Breaks Presents Love Lockdown. You can get tickets at KUTX.org slash presents. Now here is Numb by Jay Wild. Something, something I just want to feel 
The Breaks Podcast is a production of KTX 989, the Austin Music Experience. You can listen to The Breaks Show live every Saturday night from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is produced by Confucius Jones, Fresh Knight, and Elizabeth McQueen. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at The Breaks KTX, and you can find more episodes at KTX.org slash The Breaks. Our theme music was written and performed by Austin's own DZ Brown. Production support provided by Art Levy.